for people in the audience, they are thinking, okay, I'm the head of an organization or the team. How can I develop leaders or how can I develop leadership skills in those people that are in my organization? And perhaps an associated question that both of you brought up earlier, you talk quite a bit about followership and how do we develop also better followers? So it's not what they are, but how we take them from where they are to make them better leader and also eventually better follower. What can academic research contribute to our understanding of uh, leaders' development? I'll take a quick stab at this, Steve, on the leadership development piece, if you don't mind. My experience in trying to teach leadership in the classroom and with executives and with students, if you will, two things kind of seem to have the most influence on when people develop and develop their skills. And one is just experience, people having experience or not, or in the classroom or in executive coaching, it's either trying to create experiences for people so they can see how they react in different situations or you know get their licks a little bit like repetitions if you will that's like being an nfl quarterback in a way it's like we can watch a video of what it means to be a quarterback or you could take a snap and see how you do right so i think the experience is valuable and in some cases for students we have to put them in situations and create experiences for them. And I've Steve's done executive coaching over the years. Another option is to help people interpret the experiences they've already had. So kind of like allowing people to think back over the moments when things have gone well or not and break those down, deconstruct the circumstances. What was the situation? Where were you? How did you prepare? You know, what did you think of? What were you worried about? A little bit of deep clinical psychology that like, okay, I'm not going to necessarily be able to put you in a situation, but you've been in situations. So let's figure that out. So from my point of view, how do you develop people is creating experiences or allowing them to have a deep interpretation of the experiences they've had. And the other is figuring a way, and maybe it's, you know, again, I'll go back to the expression of humility, but allowing people to develop a heightened sense of self-awareness. There are a lot of tools that we use, right? There's psychological and personality assessments and individual differences. And there's plenty of you know, highly valid and reliable indicators of tendencies, preferences, competencies, skills. And they're valuable, right? Particularly if you can interpret them properly, right? And sort of how to make sense of it. But we use those with all our students. And sometimes it's just like being able to put a label on what people are doing. It's like, see, this is what we mean. Your tendency, right, to have a high level of ego strength, for example, your default interpretation of the situation of like, what does it mean for you? Like, right, remember when you told me that story and your immediate reaction was, I was worried about what this meant for how I looked? Okay. That's an indication of your ego strength. And now that we've labeled that and we know what that means, let's explain how that could be interpreted, how that can affect what you do and how you influence. So long answer, I think my experience tells me create or allow people to reflect on experiences and then try to figure out ways to elevate and heighten people's sense of self-awareness, particularly for their instincts and their natural tendencies, because then 
that allows them to grow. That sort of captures and summarizes where they are at the moment, and then we can build on from there. That's a very wise and practical advice, actually. I like it a lot. Steve, you want to add to that? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Development? (laughs) Yeah, lots of good stuff there. So I got to build on that. I think we have to think about leadership development as a system with multiple parts to it. And Ron alluded to that. So yes, we have to give them experience, experience experience-based learning. But as a colleague of ours, Scott DeRue and his folks have published papers on the fact that experience will work but only if it's coupled with feedback and you have to have feedback availability. So where does feedback come from? So it comes from the boss, others, learning partners. So that means you need develop experiences, but you also need learning partners who are going to help you prompt the insight into what you've learned from it. Ron mentioned assessments and self-reflection. You have to you know, experience without reflection about what have you learned from it is almost useless. So it's not only feedback, but it's that assessment part. So you see how these parts work together. And the reflection is critical, absolutely critical. That's why I say be curious about your leadership. Development is about changing behaviors, right? And adding to your skill repertoire, understanding how they apply to different situations, maturing your complexity as a leader, right? We can't change personality. We can't take an introvert and make them an extrovert, but we can Take an introvert and say, how could you act as an extrovert in some situations? And what does that mean for you afterwards? We can also take someone who is introvert or someone who's highly conscientious, for example, and say, how does that orientation, that personality of yours, affect how you do leadership? So someone who's very conscientious gets into the details and so forth, gets an assessment from a 360 that says they're uh, micromanagers and they won't delegate. And so you might say to assessment, hey, this orientation, which has lots of good strengths, good stuff, look how it may be hurting you and how can you manage that? So development, that self-awareness is so important because, again, it's about how you are as a leader, how you act as a leader, how you can change how you respond to different situations. So assessment, self-reflection, self-development, learning partners, experience. Even the role of formal courses and workshops, right? So that's another part of the system. I think, Ron, you mentioned this earlier, so I want to elaborate it. One of the things we do in development is we teach behaviors. And people can come out of that saying, this is the stick I have, the hammer I have that I will beat every leadership nail with. And that's not good. The point of the workshop is to add that skill to your repertoire. But what is needed is a further understanding of when you might be able to use it and when not. So I get worried about a lot of workshops and training programs that tend to be behavior specific and give the message that this is the hammer you can now use. This is what you should be doing, which is the opposite of effective leadership as far as I'm concerned. That's where experience comes in and learning partners and reflection and so forth. So to me, development is that system of multiple strategies that need to work together. And I will say most people who do leader development don't really do this well. You know, we may run a formal program without bringing experience. So we may bring coaches in. If you subscribe to leadership development as a system in an organization and you're head of HR or you're head of this, you have to think about all those components. How do you foster the right experiences for the right people? How do you foster the feedback and learning partnerships that can get the most out of those experiences? How do you foster self-reflection from those experiences? I don't know that companies and organizations spend enough time thinking about development as a system and how they can foster all parts of it. I love it. It has a sound of uh, truth because all I can think about is my own experience. And 
both of you just gave me a couple of pointers about how to add to that system or how to add components to that system. Personally, I've been very suspicious of, uh, you know, if there are 15,000 books, there are probably 20,000 different kinds of seminars about how to develop leaders. And, you know, the five steps, the five secret steps to become a great leader, the three secret components of leadership. And your remark of the last 10 minutes about leader development shows a much more subtle, much more individualized, much more experiential, feedback-oriented ways to shape leadership, which is what real life is. And so thank you for sharing that with our audience. I'll do a sequence to your point in class. I have a slide deck that probably has about 40, maybe 45 book covers of leadership. And I kind of go through all of them. It kind of like setting up what you described. It's like, here are the five secrets to management. You know, and these authors know five things that really make a difference, but they don't know the seven things because these guys know two more things than those five guys do. But neither of them know as much as Jack Welsh, who's the 29 secrets. So, you know, be careful here because you might be selling yourself short if you only get the five secrets because somebody has a few more. <laughs> yeah. 